I'm at the entrance gate to Marikela National Park. Temperature outside is 41 degrees centigrade. The date, the 11th of November 2015. Marikela National Park is split into two sections. The section with the entrance gate is in low-lying plains, a mixture of grassland, thornfelt and woodland. And then away to the east and north is the Waterberg Mountain Massif, where the bushveld rises up in mountains, spectacular scenery and an amazing transition of vegetation. And up on top, it's another world where montane habitat comes into play. The Marikela entrance gate is a thatched structure with uh, two lane traffic, one for coming in and one for coming out. And it also houses the reception and administration buildings of the park. There's an area on the left as one comes in that is covered in shade netting for the arriving tourists to park their cars and get a bit of respite from the hot weather. The surrounding area is Thornfelt and woodland and yeah, very picturesque entrance to the park. There's two flagpoles, one with the South African flag and one with the Sand Parks flag. And uh, yeah, the Sand Parks emblem is emblazoned on a white wall to the right of the entrance and below it it says Marikele National Park. Marikele, for those who don't know, means place of sanctuary. Leaving the entrance gate, driving to Bauntley Rest Camp. The park hasn't had rain for a very long time, it is very dry. The habitat is arid thorn felt and there's a grass covering which is very bare and sparse and they badly need rain. The dust of the earth is a slightly pale reddish colour, so it's not quite your classic Kalahari sand, but it's not far off it. There's quite a few termite mounds in the felt which are sort of a rich brown color and I've seen my first animal it's a vervet monkey scampering there's a couple of them scampering over the ground up to mischief no doubt there's probably about 15 to 20 of them making their way through the undergrowth I said it was thornfelt. Now most of the trees have long white thorns that form quite a formidable spike. The thorns are a white color and the new green leaves are just beginning to burst through. But probably because of the lack of rain they're not as well foliated as they might be. The bark of these thorn trees is quite dark but because the dust kicked up from the dry gravel road that I'm traveling on it's sort of coated in sandy dust. 
just seen my first bird of the trip which is a grey go-away bird which is a large bird that is so called because when it senses danger it makes a noise which is likened to the words go away go away just sighted the second mammal of the trip, impala. They're a type of gazelle antelope and they have a rich red back. Then there's a definite transition where the colouring on their side changes to fawn and then the underbelly is a white colour. These are two males that obviously didn't manage to get themselves a herd of females in the rutting season which is in about June, July, and the rest of them, the losers, so to speak, form what's known as a bachelor herd. There's a couple of males just walking along, and to the left of them, I see three more. There's two red billed or green wood hoopoos, three of them flying across the road in front of me. They are a large, shimmering blackbird, and uh, they've got white in their wings, and then a curved beak. It's also a golden-breasted bunting taking off. It's a beautiful bird with a rich yellow and orange front part and then its head is black and white striped but it is very hot even though it's coming towards the end of the day and uh, yeah there's not as much as activity as there would be early in the morning. There's a giraffe in the road up ahead, about 50 meters in front of me, but I'm driving towards it. The road bends away from it, so I won't get right next to it. I can't see the top of its head as yet to determine if it's a male or a female. It's important to be able to see the horns of the giraffe. The giraffe is the tallest animal, tallest mammal in the planet. Some five or six meters above the ground, the huge long neck and huge long legs. And it uses, uses its height to feed on the leaves and thorns on the sort of upper side of thorn trees. You can see now, by looking closely at it, that this one is a male because it has bald, bare tops of its horns surrounded by a bit of dark hair, whereas the female doesn't reflect that bald part and just has the hair and their horns bend slightly inwards whereas the males stick slightly outwards. The vegetation has changed somewhat now. Less thorn, thorn trees, more what I think are tambutu trees with dark black trunks, very close together, forming quite a dense undergrowth. I'm turning left now towards the Ikutseng picnic site and the vegetation, the trees are getting taller. It looks like they're quite a few silver cluster leaves, otherwise known as Terminalia cerisea and a few other trees I can't quite identify which are definitely now more woodland than thornfelt 
there's little game trails on the ground uh, between the undergrowth so there's still quite a bit of wildlife in the area despite the limited grazing that one gets in the Thornfelt and more open plains areas. The road surface, surface is a bit more sandy than it was closer to the gate where the earth was more compact. Yeah, this is very slippery but still well maintained so that uh, there's no danger of a normal sedan car uh, getting stuck. I've arrived at the picnic site. It's a pretty rudimentary picnic site but there's a lot of tables and benches for people to sit on. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, at least thirteen, perhaps even more. So I guess it can get quite busy at certain times of the year and on weekends when a lot of day visitors enter the park. And there's a few water taps and a few dustbins, but otherwise the surrounding habitat are quite tall woodland trees of varying types that provide a certain degree of shade, some toilet areas off to the south of the picnic location and there is a sort of steel cable that is strung on gun poles that runs around the circumference of the cleared area that is the picnic site and I guess that's to keep large herbivores from walking through the camp and coming into contact with the people here but I imagine that when people are here most animals would steer clear of the picnic area. Yeah, quite a sandy uh, ground surface so for people in wheelchairs they might battle to get around a bit but yeah a very quaint and attractive picnic site and place to break one's journey. There are bry stands for people to light their fires if they want to cook meat or something else over an open flame and otherwise they can just take their picnic hamper out of their boot and enjoy a nice little feed. Just spotted a magnificent kudu bull. Kudu, for those who don't know, is the emblem of South African national parks and the males have wonderful spiral horns. It's just turning away from me and stalking off into the woodland. It's currently about 20 meters from where I sit in my car. Kudu's probably about two meters off the ground at shoulder height, meter and a half, two meters. And it's a sort of gray brown color with white stripes spaced at intervals of about 30 centimeters. So it's bigger than a cow. This is a bachelor herd because there's another couple of males stalking through the woodland in close proximity. Not with as big a set of horns as the first one I stopped for, but they're all magnificent beasts. Troop of banded mongoose scurrying through the undergrowth. They are small carnivores, more uh, omnivorous because they do eat some vegetable matter. They live in troops of anything up to 20 30 members and they sort of sleep in the safety of burrows and spend the day foraging through the undergrowth on grubs and insects and lizards and small mammals and whatever they come across. 
and yeah they're very entertaining and charismatic to see. Very exciting, I found a male double-banded sand grouse, which is a type of game bird that is known for living in very arid areas and dipping its feathers into water supply and then flying back to its uh, nest, which is a scrape on the ground where its young are, and uh, transferring the water through its feathers to its offspring. The double-banded sand grouse is usually in pairs, so I would expect the female which is not quite as colourful as the male, to be around two. But the male is called a double-banded sandgrass because on its forehead is a black stripe and a white stripe. Its beak is an orangey colour and its back and wings are uh, brown but spotted in lovely white markings. And its sort of chest and upper parts is a paler grey-brown, uh, not quite as vivid as the back and wing feathers, but it really is a striking bird. It's sort of intermediate in size between a dove and a chicken. So, you know, quite a sizable bird. And foraging in the grass, probably looking for grass seeds or anything else that it can eat. And yeah, I cannot see the female, but yeah, a good sighting. Gravel road is a lot firmer now than it was as I was driving through the woodland near the picnic site. Yeah, a different kind of substrate. But very pleasant to drive on. The roads are very well maintained at this time of year and I guess because they haven't had any rain are in fairly good nick. And yeah, the ooh, there's a zebra. The area is more open plains and there's a little bit more grazing for the herbivores and like I say I see a zebra and of course those who know Marikele know that this section of the park is known as Quakas Flakta which in English means zebra plains so a very apt name and can only see the one but I imagine they're usually gregarious and there's some more to the left they're at nine o'clock to my vehicle which is pointing in a westerly direction and they're probably about 50 meters from the road or the, the one I'm looking at now which is a stallion the other ones are a bit far off and uh, that looks like it could be something different I've just got to remove my sunglasses uh, no it's a bush not an animal at all Driving around the Quakas Flakta section of Marikela National Park is very interesting. The vegetation is vastly different to say Kruger National Park which is has a lot more grass cover underneath the tree, the tree line. I guess this is kind of a combination of what Kruger is like and what the Kalahari is like 
which is semi-desert yeah there's very sparse grass cover on the ground and in this section I'm driving through at the moment the soil is very red a lot more so than the sort of fauna fawny color it was close to the gate the moment I'm driving directly east and ahead of me is a wonderful spectacle of the Waterberg mountain range and yeah rising probably a kilometer higher altitude to what I the current location is with sharp cliff faces where the Cape Vulture colony that the park is famous for one of the largest Cape Vulture colonies in in South Africa and hence the world uh, is located today with the dry conditions there's a bit of fire activity that some of the neighboring farms on the border of the park are burning apparently some refuse but the park manager informs me that there's no risk to the fire spreading into the park which is good news but yeah if you can picture the scene otherwise there's hardly a cloud in the sky in front of me to my right there's a few wispy clouds but no rain clouds at all yeah as I said earlier it's a very hot day it's now 20 past 5 in the evening and the temperature gauge still registers 40 degrees so I'm probably in for quite an uncomfortable night good stuff just for the benefit of those unsighted people who might be listening to this audio uh, description of driving around uh, Marakele, the maximum speed limit on the gravel roads in the park is only 40 kilometers but as what I'm doing at the moment I'm just tootling along at less than 10 kilometers that's sort of the ideal game viewing speed and if I see something that's worth stopping for it's easy to, to sort of put on one's brakes and cut the engine. The moment there's three Impala doe in a little clump about 10 meters to the left of my vehicle and yes I described the color on their backs earlier but I didn't talk about the uh, McDonald's sign on their rear end where uh, nature has given them a big M in black imprinted on their bum which looks very similar to the McDonald's takeaway sign hence the Impala are known as the McDonald's of the bushveld Thank you. 